Well, thank you again for joining us uh, this evening on this Christmas Eve where we celebrate the coming of God's very Son. Well, my name is Pat uh, Dawson. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and uh, it's a privilege to be here uh, with you. you. know, over the Advent season, these last uh, four weeks or so, we have been walking through a series entitled The Servant Songs of Isaiah, where we have looked at four different songs that looked forward to a day where a servant would come. And to understand that properly, we have to back up, right, and understand why would a servant have to come. Well, you and I can all agree, maybe you're feeling it even more in a Christmas season, that there is brokenness all around us, inside of our own lives, outside of us in the world. There's brokenness that affects all of life. So when the prophet Isaiah tells of a servant to come, this is six to seven hundred years before Jesus' birth, he tells us, That this servant would bring peace. That he would bring healing to a broken world. It says that the servant will bring the very kingdom of God down to earth. And the servant would come. He would face suffering and, and anguish and pain like you and I do each day. And yet, he would persevere to bring healing to a broken world. And this morning, Chuck preached on Isaiah 52 into 53, which he said, and I agree with him, is really at the center, center, center of the Bible, right? And it tells us that this servant would be pierced for our transgressions. And through this servant, through his wounds, you and I would be healed. So this prophet Isaiah is speaking a good word to God's people six to seven hundred years before Jesus is born. So from that day forward, year after year after year, generation upon generation, they would have been looking for a servant, a Messiah to come. You and I have the privilege of looking to our New Testament to see the beginning when we turn the page, a strange man who is eating locusts and honey, crying from the wilderness. He's clothed in camel's hair. His name is John the Baptist. So he is a forerunner, setting the stage for the servant to come, for the Messiah to come. And he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The very same words that were said of the servant in Isaiah. So he is saying the kingdom of God is coming. That takes us to this text in Matthew chapter 11 that I want us to look at just for a brief moment here. John sends his disciples, he hears of Jesus, and he sends his disciples to go find Jesus. And in verse 3 in chapter 11, his disciples approach Jesus and ask him this, Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? So plain, are you him? Are you the servant? Are you the Messiah? Jesus answers him in verse 4. Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. 
hear Jesus' answer and think my first reading of this this week was he could have just said, yes, I am the one, right? He could have made it very plain. Yes, I am the servant. I am the Messiah that has been prophesied for generations. He doesn't do that. Instead, he invites the disciples of John and John the Baptist, and I would say us as the reader today, to draw their own conclusions. Say, you see what, you, what I am doing and what I am saying. Then he gives them a summary of what he is doing and saying. He's saying, look at my life, and you tell me if you think that I am the Messiah. The first thing he says in his list is that the blind receive their sight. It's very important that he begins with this miracle. Because nowhere in the Old Testament is the miracle of a blind person receiving sight recorded. At the same time, what we know now as New Testament Christians is that blind receiving sight from Jesus is the most frequent miracle in Jesus' ministry. That Jesus stood out as the one healer to the blind, both literal and figurative. You know the scriptures? He actually physically healed a blind person, but in the same time, he brings a metaphorical healing to blindness. He helps us to understand salvation through his work on our behalf. We see that throughout the scriptures that Jesus and Jesus alone is the one who brings sight to the blind. The thing is, so he says, I'm not going to tell you if I am the servant, but look. The first thing he starts with is I am the healer for the blind. Well, what is laced throughout the prophecies of the servant to come, of the Messiah to come, is one who would heal the blind. So the original audience would hear this. Oh, he's starting with that? He is bringing sight to the blind? He must be the Messiah. He goes on to mention that the lame are walking, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the very dead are raised up, and lastly, the poor have good news preached to them. So you can, scholars have done this over time, and the people of the time would have done this also. They have a model or what they think the Messiah is going to look like when he comes, what he's going to do. What we see when Jesus comes is that he not only fulfills that model, but he exceeds every expectation of the people he comes to save. That Jesus brings healing and restoration where sin has brought destruction and brokenness. That bodies are healed. Defilements are cleansed. And even the dead are raised. One of the overarching themes that we see in Jesus' ministry is the kingdom coming down to the earth. The very thing that is prophesied in the servant songs. And he doesn't just preach that message of the kingdom coming to earth, to the elite, to the well-off, to the educated. No, the text tells us the poor have the good news preached to them. The poor, who many of the time would have been considered of no value, not for Jesus. He is the healer of the blind. Who is this man? He must be the Messiah. So Jesus paints a picture for John, for the original audience, and also for 
the current reader. Remember, hundreds of years prior to this very moment, the prophecies were given from God through the prophets. And Jesus is here fulfilling them in the text, in a real body. And he says, look, he's inviting us to say, come, I am the Messiah. The brokenness of the world is going to be dealt with. So come to me. In his life, Jesus begins the work of transforming creation back to perfection. He begins by being born in a manger, a miracle in itself. The reason we celebrate this season is that the God-man took on flesh. and He was not only born, but he perfectly fulfilled every duty that you and I daily fail, fail before God. So he not only fulfilled the law for us, but the punishment that was due for the injustice that had happened, like Chuck talked about this morning, before God, he takes the penalty for that. And the good news of Christmas and of Christianity is the big picture of who Jesus is. That the God-man came down and death could not hold him. That he beat sin and death by resurrecting on the third day. Think about the people of this time, of Isaiah's time. They would have been looking forward to the day where where the servant is coming. They would have been in a season of, of advent, of waiting. And we know now that Christ will return a second time. So as the people in Isaiah's day were looking forward, they were waiting in anticipation with hope of a Messiah to come. We also wait in anticipation with hope that the Messiah will return to make all things new again. Jesus, in our passage this evening, ends with this. Verse 6, And blessed is the one who is not offended by me, Jesus inviting us, come, come to me, trust in me, I'm showing you who I am, I am the fulfillment of the prophecies that have gone before me, so I would invite you to do the same thing, let us examine our own hearts, are we trusting in this Savior, the one whom we celebrate during Christmas, the baby in the manger, the God-man in the flesh? Because it is truly only in Jesus, this baby in a manger, that we will find our true hope and joy. Let us pray together. Father, we at times cannot even bring words to you of gratitude, of thankfulness for all you have done for us in your Son. That you loved us so much that you sent your Son to take on flesh to fulfill our duty before you and to take our punishment Father as we are here this evening the night before we celebrate the birth of your son we do pray that our eyes would be focused on that the baby in the manger who came ultimately to die for us Father we have hope there and I pray that our eyes and our hearts would stay focused upon what you have done 
in our lives and the generations coming before us. Father, we thank you for this evening. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.